Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first episode of our Game of Thrones podcast. I'm your host, Carmine is Crazy, and I'm joined here once again by the infamous, the legendary, Preston Jacobs. Preston? <laughs> infamous and legendary, eh? <laughs> well, like I said, I've been doing this slightly longer than you have, so, like, even though I've been doing this slightly longer, I, f- I, f- I feel like you've had more of an impact and pull in the community than I ever had. Uh, uh I mean... I, I I don't know. Some people would say uh, some people would say I'd have a a bad impact. I don't know that you're the Kellyanne Conway of the fandom, <laughs> I, or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, um, the uh, I don't know. I, it, do we is is there a community? Is there a fandom? Like is that is that is that an actual thing? I would say so. And you have a lot of pull in it. I would say you're you're very influential. You know, even though people think you're very crazy, you do have. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, discussion-adding material put into it. But before we begin, a couple of things. Uh, first off, shout-out to Ness the Celeb for the cool artwork. Thank you very much for that. And if anybody has any more fan art, please feel free to send them to me on Twitter or Facebook. It's always appreciated. The other thing I wanted to get into before we officially start this thing is to thank you all for the huge support and love on our last video. It was mainly a test video to see if people would uh, like our collab, and they did. Uh, but I did notice a lot of you guys asking us to have certain GOT YouTubers on, and we're a little hesitant on that due to certain issues we've had with other content creators. We won't be saying any names, but I think it's best left unsaid for the time being, maybe in a future episode. But if you do want your favorite YouTuber who does this kind of content to come on with us, then uh, don't ask me, ask them. Go to their comment section, Twitter, or Facebook, and let them know to contact Red Team Review to get on this podcast, and uh, we'll uh, see what happens. All right. Now you you've made us into liars because you know you said this was the first podcast. Well, the first one was a te- Preston. Shut up. <laughs> um, also, uh, there's a because of our last successful uh, test video, which wasn't the first episode. Uh, there's a couple of guys who had some questions for you. I hope you don't mind answering them. Okay. Okay. This one guy asks, uh, "Who is your favorite YouTuber, and who do you watch for Game of Thrones content?" And I do not count, so you can't pick me. I, I don't watch any other uh, like Game of Thrones YouTubers. Why I mean, that? in all, in in all, in all honesty, like the only other Game of Thrones YouTuber I actually do watch is is you. Um, and for 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 like when new stuff comes out, like you tend to be on the pulse of like uh, new news. Um, but uh, with 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 like theory videos and stuff, I. Um, not that there isn't other great stuff out there, but I don't watch it only because it's it's um, it's it's kind of not how I kind of see the series. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and it, it's nothing to, nothing to to say that this other content isn't great, but it's just like I I come at both the books and the series like well obviously I come at the the series more with a critical eye so most people's most people's stuff is very gushing like oh my god it's so awesome that Jon Snow like we have you know, a certain YouTuber in mind about that one everything is awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well I come at I come at the show you know more more joking around making fun of it um and with the book like I come at come at it with with um a kind of uh, lens where I don't believe that magic or prophecy exists, right? And that kind of that kind of is very limiting in 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 how I how I see stuff. So a lot of time, like a lot of people really believe in prophecy that you know the the 
things are going to end exactly you know with with azora high like defeating you know the others and preventing the long night and i don't believe in prophecy and i don't believe mm. in magic um and that that is different from the other a lot yeah. of other content creators who do really believe in like the whole fantasy element of the show right I definitely look at the books as 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 sci-fi, which of course like makes people you know very upset with me. <laughs> right. And what about the <laughs> YouTubers you watch that uh, don't aren't uh, Game of Thrones content creators? I watch uh, Mr. Sunday Movies and uh, Red Letter Media. Mm-hmm. Um, I Game Grumps. I mean, you watch some other, Game some Grumps, but you don't like play video games, which I think is fucking insane. Because you and I would have definitely have fun, like you know, live streaming. Uh, some maybe some Call of Duty or Destiny or, uh, but hopefully in the future, you can uh, live stream some Game of Thrones from the Telltale game. That would be that would be fun. No, I I have I have the Telltale game. I've I've been meaning to uh, I've been meaning to do a, a kind of let's play mm-hmm. on that. But yeah, but I I I I stay away from video games because I'm kind of like an alcoholic in the in that sense. I I can't I can't be near them. Or else I'll just play them all the time. You have a, you have a obsessive personality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Every everybody, every you know, I wouldn't say everybody's obsessive, but like people that get really into shows, really into. I mean, you know, I understand yeah. those those hardcore yeah. fans who uh, gotta go uh, to Comic Con every time dressed as Tyrion. Not that there's a problem with that, but I just <laughs> I just wouldn't go to Comic Con dressed as Danny. You know. <laughs> or, or dress as George R. R. Martin, or, or dress as George, which, which, by the way, a lot of people don't really have to go that far to dress up like George. But uh, there you go. <laughs> I have another question here for you. Uh, this person asks you, "What's the most annoying thing about the show that you really hate, and what's the most amazing thing about the show you do enjoy?" I don't like what they did with Jamie. I think that's the most frustrating thing for me. Really, I, I love I love Jamie's little character. I've, I've, obviously, show. you know the actor that plays Jamie is is, is wonderful, and he has got incredible comic timing. He's he's got this wonderful dry sense of humor. Mm-hmm. He's he's uh he's super likable in that sense. But the book his his arc is more about uh, having an existential crisis and like choosing his own destiny. And right, th- you know, there's a passage in the book about how he has the. The, the white book, which is the kind of the description of what the the um, the Kingsguard have done, and his page is mostly blank. And there, you know, there's this this statement. The the chapter ends with it saying he could fill that page with whatever he wants. And you know, that's kind of this existential idea of like man is in control of his own destiny, and he lives by mm-hmm. his own code. And that's kind of where the Jamie character is going in the book. And if they're planning it with the show, he hasn't hit that yet. I mean, he's um, he's still. I feel I feel like he's more concerned about like honor. Yeah, he's concerned about you know being kept and to his word, family, and, and what people perceive. Li- of living him. up to his dad, mm-hmm. family, uh, living up to you know being part of Cersei's life, supporting Cersei. Um, these things that are, which is funny because in the books, there's a point where he and Cersei really just go separate yes. ways. Yeah. But in the show, as we'll come to find out later on with the leaks, um, he he's still in there. He's still really, really in yeah. there. Yeah, and, and the show is kind of – and I'm not sh- – like the meeting with Brienne last season was, was very odd, um, how they handled it. You know, him saying, oh, I didn't actually think that you would you'd end up rescuing Sansa, huh? Uh, you know, kind of downplaying the oath of, of – you know, the Catalan oath, which – do you think the writers forgot about the oath? 
maybe they wanted to resolve it. Maybe, and, and I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think they forgot about it because, you know, but because, you know, they definitely talked about it. But I think they were maybe trying to resolve it. But it just it, it, it was kind of a letdown for me. And and it's strange because I actually thought the Jamie story was, in my personal opinion, I thought the Jamie story was the most well done story of last season. You really yeah. last uh, season six or season five? six? I because really because all all he was really doing for me was uh he was kind of just there complaining couldn't really do much and then they did the usual have Jamie go somewhere so shit happens in Kings. <clears throat> but I I give it props because it's if you go on a season on like a season arc kind of sense season the season arc starts with him like having Marcella die and him being ready for family and then going off to the Riverlands and telling Edmure, like, I don't give a shit about you. All I care about is like family and getting back to that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the death of Marcella had, and this is, you know, having the show be the show by itself and like accepting that show Jamie is show Jamie. Like I can look at that arc and say, Oh, like, Jamie like learned something on day one. Like he went off and like that knowledge that, you know, the person he became after the death of Marcella, like led him to that discussion he had with Edmure. And then he comes back to Cersei and he's ready to like be with her and maybe, you know, be a father to Tommen. And then he comes home and Tommen's dead and Cersei's nuts. Like that, (laughs) that story is, is like the most fulfilling arc and, and, and it's, I mean, it ends ironically, but it's the most hmm. fulfilling arc of the, uh, of, of season six, in my opinion. If you take anybody else's arc, it doesn't really make any sense. Like, well, we will have to go into yeah. that at another point, but, that, but you basically hate how uh, Jamie is in this show, but what about what you do like in this show? Um, I mean, the acting is incredible. I like, I like how the show has gone, um, minimal magic, um, Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's actually something from the when I talk to book fans, I think book fans um, think there's a lot more magic than I do. And the show has minimized that magic to make people kind of question it. Um, and and I think that was really well done to make it more real, because um, I, I think George R. R. Martin wanted that ambiguity. Like he wanted people to, you know, to say, huh, is this a magical world or is this happening through some sort of like, you know, science or, or technology. And it doesn't come off that way too much in the book. Like the book really comes off like, oh, this is fantastical. There's prophecy. There's, and the show actually like deleted all of these prophecies and deleted all of these dreams, which I actually kind of think works, you know? Um, I, I, w- I do wish there were certain aspects of like the dreams in there. Because not all of them, but some of them would 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 add a lot of intrigue to the show. I think that's what what we're we're missing from the show is the mm-hmm. intrigue, you know. Because one of my favorite like Danny's things in the books is uh, her interactions with. Uh, I hope I'm saying this person's name yeah. right. Quaith, Quathy. Yeah, yeah. You know I'm talking about. She appears only once in season two, uh, and in book two. And then, but in the books, she keeps appearing scarcely, but in the books, she appears mm. more often. I, I feel like we're missing that intrigue because Quaith does appear to Danny like yeah. in a dream. Yeah, or a glass candle mm-hmm. or, or, you know, it's, um, it's certainly ambiguous how, how Quaith is, uh, is communicating with Danny. And, um, uh, 
<laughs> this is not really a question towards you, but I just want to back myself up here. Someone commented, uh, Carmine, how much of a homo do you have to be to have Preston Jacobs on and ask him a, about a show-only <laughs> theory? First off, I just, I, like, you're, you, when it comes to the theories and the books, you're, you're on point. Uh, but I wanted to get, uh, throw at you a show theory. Show, it's show-only, by the way. Um, something you probably haven't heard before. And according to you, you did like it. It is Preston approved, <laughs> so that's my defense there. If you guys have any more questions for Preston Jacobs or myself for the next podcast, please leave them down below. And uh, let's get to the sure. leaks, shall we? So a lot of YouTubers have already done videos on these leaks, but I wanted to do this a bit differently. I wanted to go into these with someone else and get their thoughts on it and do a discussion instead of a rant or whatever. Now, Preston, I don't think you've done a video on these yet, right? No, no. But you've seen them I, I mean, I, I've just briefly looked over these leaks. I, have, I, I know nothing really about them. So basically, uh, to give everybody a little uh, rundown of it, so basically someone, uh, I guess, who's in the production team? I have no idea. So basically someone uh, came on the Game of Thrones subreddit, and they released a lot of what's going to be happening in season seven now obviously spoilers i guess but at the same time we don't really know if this is true or not there have been pictures corresponding with what this guy has been saying like if he like in one of the leaks it says that uh Tyrion and john snow meet up again and mm. he did say that but at the same time we all kind of knew that would happen Right, right. I mean, yeah. So, so we don't really a lot know of the if stuff these are guess. Yeah, yeah, like we don't really know if these are legit or not. So, um, what do you what like what you 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 you've, you've looked over? Like, what do you think of it based on like just looking over it? Um, so looking over it, like one of the things that 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 strikes me is how the good guy, like the good guys, keep teaming up and the bad guys keep teaming up, and it and it seems a little. It seems a little black and white, you know, like this idea that uh, I don't know. The, the, I mean, I guess if the, if the uh, pictures confirm some of this, but it does sound, it seem kind of weird that like, you know, all the characters that we like, like Jorah Mormont and Jon Snow and Danny and Gendry, they're all going to like get together and have a brotherhood of good. And they're going <laughs> to go and, you know, they're going to go and. You know, kidnap a White Walker while all the bad people like Euron and Cersei and, you know, they're going to have, they're going to team up and then it'll be good versus bad. You know, that, that well, kind of. Well, it, but isn't that the, the most logical conclusion to this show, though? As, as, because everybody is in a position to where they can meet up. I mean, uh, we're going to get into this, but like John is the leader of the North. He's in a position to meet with other leaders who just happen to be Euron, Cersei, and Danny. And because Tyrion is Danny's like right hand man, um, he's gonna meet up with Tyrion again. And I, I, I will say, even though one of the greatest things about Game of Thrones and, and the books is that there's constantly new characters coming in and changing up the game, you, you can't really have that in a show with like already thirty million established characters. I get that, but at the same time, I also see where you're coming from. It's not very George R. R. Martin ish because everything's gray. Right. And I mean, this, this is a big difference between the the book and the show. And and even when George R. R. Martin like talked about uh, when he, when he wrote his first proposal for the book, he said that there's going to be phases of characters. Phase one characters are going to come in. They're going to get replaced by phase two characters and they're going to get replaced by phase three characters. And then, then the story will end. The show took 
phase two characters and made them characters from the beginning. Like for instance, Jamie is a phase two character. I like to say, or Theon is a phase two character, and they made. I, them I would I, I would argue character. with you on that one. I would say Jamie is a phase one character. I mean, he he spends the the first book like I mean he does have a brief fight like with 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 Ned and a brief breakfast with Tyrion, but but he's also he a fight, major part. Right, but he he fights an off screen battle and then is and then is in prison, you know. For and that's that's so we don't see him that much, right? You know, like Theon is there too, but Theon's not really like a big character until the second book, or like Sam is there too, but he's not a big character until the third book, you know. So we have these like you know, that's why like when I say the characters are coming in the phases, and then of course like once the Dornish and the Ironborn kind of come on, and John Connington come on board, we have these like third phase characters. But the show kind of like introduced these characters early tried to increase their roles theon jamie cersei had bigger roles in the show than they did in the book early on to keep everything static like, mm-hmm. you know and... well, well let me say this though um ned stark Arya brand they're phase one characters would you say like stannis melisandre yeah. davos and ramsey they're like phase two characters they come in yes and then, and then phase yeah. three characters would be Euron Greyjoy, Duran Martell, Quinton, and... Um... Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I say, like, yeah. I, I actually, like, how I define it, there's, 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 there's only three phase two characters. There's Jamie, Sam, and Theon. And then everybody from the first book is, you know, phase one characters. And then phase three characters, there's just a slew of them. You know, like, you have, you know, the Martells, the new Greyjoys, John Connington you know, Melisandre. Right. Like, all these new perspectives, yeah. Okay, so uh, let's get into this. Um, we're going to start with... Uh, uh, by the way, are you recording? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> make, sure. make sure. Make sure. sure. No, no. I'm, we don't want to rehash what happened uh, a while ago. Um. <laughs> I've, I've been... I've been... Yeah, I've, I've, I've fucked, I've fucked Carmona over a, a couple times now. The first time <laughs> we recorded something and then... I had some clicking on a mic, and then we recorded something, and I'd forgotten to hit the record button, and so. Uh, I, like I said, I should uh, be mad, but it's it's so funny. Like, it, oh, that Preston! Like, come <laughs> on. Well, I'm just making sure you're recording, cause uh, a lot of people. I, I I will say a lot of people are saying we need more of this. We need more of this. I'm like I'm trying to, but fucking Preston, motherfucker it's, over it's, here. It's it's all my fault. It's all my fault. But let's get to episode one. Episode one okay. is, uh, I, I guess, the slash means is directed by uh, Jeremy Podesta. I don't know if he's done anything else in Thrones. I don't really pay attention to the director. But um, so at episode one, the, the 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 basis of what's happening is the White Walkers are marching south towards the Wall, which we do expect. Uh, Bran sure. crosses the Wall. He meets up with Ed, and um, which once again, I I. In order for the White Walkers to really just get past the wall, the big theory is that the Night's King put a a, a mark on Bran, and him passing the wall will make the wall's magic nullified. What do you think of that? Yes, did you you believe that, right? I think that's probable. Yeah, probable for the show. I think you know my my opinions on the book or something else, but yeah, I think that's very probable for the show. That yes, Bran Bran will somehow like you know. Uh, release, you know, knock down the magic, and uh, and and suddenly they'll be able to cross the wall. And uh, the next thing that happens is uh, Sansa. I, I like this part because this does. You you were one of the few YouTubers who actually touched on this about the whole Sansa John and then being kind of like rivals and like. Mm. 
Um, but this thing here says Sansa wants to give the lands of those who betrayed John to those who supported him. I guess like the Karstarks and the, the Umbers, she wants to give lands of those people to the ones that helped John out, like uh, the Mormonts and the... Um, fuck, what's that show on the... It, it was like blue oh, with yellow balls. I forgot what... I forgot what the, the, yeah, the, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like she um, wants to give like lands of those people to those, those guys. And um, John... And this is all in the first episode. John refuses to hold the children of the Karstark and Umber families responsible for their actions of their fathers. This doesn't please Lyanna Mormont or Sansa, but John basically just tells her to deal with it. He doesn't plan to rule the North the way it's always been, which I I like that. I mean, I think that's pro. I mean, I think this is very likely to happen. What would make sense would be Sansa offering the lands to. Veil lords. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's right. They're like, still there. They're, I mean, well, they're the ones with the army. Like these other guys, it's like, oh, you know, these twelve dudes. Like, I, you know, I would be more focused on, on, I mean, pleasing the people that actually won the war, which are the Knights of the Vale. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the sh- I, I could see the show screwing up and and having that be a dispute. I'm. I'm also. Um... Well, I guess, I guess they have the gift, but the wildlings, I, I figure, like, they would want a bigger piece of the pie since they were in the bulk of the fighting, even though, like, yeah. they were getting their, their asses a little handed because of John's, like, stupidity. Motherfucker didn't keep the formation. And, I mean, uh, I, I, I agree that both wildlings that survived the battle should have some lands. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they have the gift, though, so. <laughs> they do have the gift, uh, if if they remember that the gift exists. Um the, the uh, but the uh, yeah I mean it, I think this is the, it, I think it's a, it's it's certainly believable um, the uh, and there is there would be a nice parallel to the to the fact that like the way Rob screwed up was by trying to to punish Carstark uh, right you know and you know John would be proving himself like to be a better king than Rob in, hmm. in doing that to be nice you little know, contrast there. Yeah, I mean, essentially, like, you know, John has to, like, his whole, like, if he's going to be a better ruler, he has to really understand, like, who he's ruling and, and how to make compromise and things like that. And, and you know, it can't all just be, be about, you know, blind justice, which was which is, you know, Rob's problem. So, But, but would an exile for the families of the Karstark and Umber, would an exile be better? I mean, um, they're always going to be known as those who betrayed the Starks those who turned their back. And th- I'm sure they had good re- the Umber uh, not the Umbers, the Karstarks had good reason cuz Rob did fuck up their their uh le- their lord. Uh, but the Umbers, uh-huh. I mean I mean, I feel like exile would be better for the whole family. Hmm. Um and then maybe just put in maybe keep maybe marry off the daughters of one of those each of those houses off to one of the wildlings. That way the family line does live on, but exiling the um the men in the Karstark and Umber families to either Essos or the Wall. Don't you think that would be a little bit better? I guess, but we don't know what the kids did, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you're supposed to ward them somewhere else. I mean, isn't the whole thing like? I mean, uh, um, uh, Tormund went and what bit bit the bit Umber's head off or something? Bit his ear off? I, don't, mm-hmm. I, I forgot their little their little fight, but his, their boss battle. But yeah, they, I mean, yeah, I mean. I uh, could all be possible, but yeah, I, I mean, I would just ward them somewhere. Then you have hostages. If you exile them, then they can cause trouble. They can, True. they can, 
they can go and get 10,000 Dothraki screamers. And <laughs> <laughs> find, find a magical, magical fireproof uh, white girl to, uh, you know, right. have, have and, pots uh, of gold back. poured over their head. And next mm-hmm. thing you know, they're liberating slaves. We've got to do this all over again. <laughs> I know. Speaking of which, at the end of episode one, according to this, Danny and her fleet land at Dragon's Hill, which I I would love for them to land at Storm at Storm's End, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. They uh Danny and her fleet land at Dragonstone and nobody says anything. She walks up the steps to the keep and we follow her through the building until she reaches Stannis' old war room, where he has the uh giant map of Westeros, and she looks out at the window at the land ahead that used to belong to her family. She can pick up one of the chest like pieces on the table and looks at Tyrion, who has been following her up, and she says one line. Shall we begin? End of episode one. Uh, I think that's a great ending, but the only thing I would change there is, instead of a dragonstone, Storm's End. Because Storm's End is the Baratheon castle, like Winterfell. For those of you who don't know, Winterfell is a Stark castle. Storm's End is the Baratheon castle. I would feel like it'd be like kind of poetic justice and kind of a fuck you to invade the Stormlands and take Robert's castle like Robert took her castle of uh of uh, right Red i mean Keep. there there would be there would be a fun little inverse inverse to that like like Stannis Stannis uh trying to invade from the Targaryen uh castle and then the Targaryens doing it from Storm's End i think would be would be a clever uh, uh twist on that i mean they're clearly trying to make a egg on the conqueror parallel um also, they're trying to reuse sets. I mean, they built that nice set <laughs> with that with that nice table. I know. I just want to see all the castles because they we built, we yeah. haven't seen the Sun Spear. We haven't seen Storm's End. We still haven't seen Casterly Rock, even though it's been mentioned multiple times. Oh right, yeah, High Garden. Yeah, none of yeah. No, I mean they would have to do a whole new animation for 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 the for the opening mm-hmm. crawl of going to Storm's End. Um, or they might, they just might call it the storm lens. You never know. Right. <laughs> but yeah, they, you know, the, the, they, they car, they built that table. They're going to use that table. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Okay. So episode two directed by Mark Malod. But I, I just want to say like almost everything in that first episode, the leaks like seems very believable. Like, I mean, if, if, if they did, you know, and the pictures seem to back up. A lot of it. So. Well, what do you think about the first episode? Is it good? To me, that looks okay. I'm sure there, there are still a lot of things that are going to happen in episode one that is clearly not written down here, which is fine. I like that. But we're getting the basis of what's happening. Right. I mean, well, I mean, if things go according to the past couple seasons, we know that, you know, nothing will happen for the first five episodes and then i wouldn't all say start. that like that <laughs> happened in the first episode for season six which fucking annoys me like season six episode one felt like deleted content and scenes from season five <laughs> and i fucking hate that but i like this episode one you know like the way it ends not bad um sansa and the whole sansa john dynamic that's cool too brand fighting me finally meeting up with ed i just hope this is not all that happens i, I just hope we're leading up a lot of stuff because you know, we didn't mention Cersei. It, the, the leaks didn't mention Cersei. They didn't mention Euron or the Sand Snakes or Theon or, you know, Brienne, which I hope she has more of a fucking uh, presence this season. She was barely in the last one. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know why, though, right? Uh, because, because, of, because of filming Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm assuming the reason she wasn't in, in uh, season five all that much and season 
Like they, they like they they couldn't have used a body double. Uh, <laughs> is, is there a tall, short-haired blonde woman for a uh, brand? No, I'm talking about Star Wars. Oh, okay. They could have. They could have. And what's what's funny is in Star Wars, you've seen Episode Seven, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. They she's only in it for like less than five minutes, so they could have. I guess. Hmm. Well, 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 let's put it that way. There really is no excuse for how <laughs> Brienne has not been in the show that much. Wow. So Episode Two is uh, once again uh, directed by Mark Millard, <laughs> and. Uh, Basically, the, the, the only director I'd like to know, like, who is the guy that did the the, the Terminator Aria episode? The term, why? Why? Why do you want to know about him? Because I want to know which like episode to make fun of the most. <laughs> you didn't like that episode? Oh, the, I mean, that was the worst episode of Game of Thrones I've ever seen. Really? Like, you didn't oh, like God. it? No, it was, it was it was horrible. It was absolutely well, horrible. Well, I, I'm sure you're talking about the part where like she gets stabbed and then she 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 dives into that dirty, filthy water, right. and ho- her wound doesn't fester. Are you talking about that? Yeah, and she's acting completely out of character. And, I and I the... have I have a counter. I have okay. a counter. Maybe the reason she doesn't get infected from like that I. That, that knife and her falling into that dirty canal water. The reason her wound isn't festering is probably because she drank from the fucking uh, the little pond in the House of Black and White. And maybe that gives her immunities to any diseases or infections. Or or maybe people have come from the planet Zeist and she's she's become a Highlander again. And I'm, I'm it's a Highlander 2 reference. but uh, <laughs> I've never seen Highlander 2, but I'm sure some people would understand it. Um, but episode two, Mark, Mark Malud, uh, John receives a raven from Danny. She's summoning the lords of Westeros, which I can, I can see that John and Dan, uh, John and Davos decide to go because they need the dragon glass from Dragonstone. Once again, that also makes sense to me because, you know, Davos was at Dragonstone for a very long period of time. Yes. So he would know that they're there. Uh, John leaves Sansa in charge of Winterfell. We need a Stark at Winterfell and John leaves Ghost at Winterfell where he stays all season. Wow, like I feel like in the show, I feel like in the books, the direwolves have more of a more more things to do than they do in the show. It co- it costs a lot of money to do like CGI fur, you know. You can't you can't have direwolves just you know. But can't you ru- just have a double like running around? <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta save it. You gotta save it for 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 dragons. You know, can't That's can't true. be can't be wasting all this money on direwolf for for animation. But but it would make more sense though, like like during during the Battle of Bastards, it would make more sense to have a cameo of Ghost with John saying, "Oh hey, uh, keep Sansa safe." They never had that, so you could like they could they I hope they they correct it this time. If John does leave Ghost at Winterfell with Sansa, please have a fucking scene of John saying to Ghost, "All right, boy, keep her safe." Mm-hmm. That would make more sense, wouldn't it? I mean, it's true. It's true. But, like uh, like having Ghost be Sansa's bodyguard. I mean, a giant fucking wolf being someone's bodyguard. Sign me the fuck up. But they, they need to have that scene to where it makes his absence, like, you know, make sense. I mean, it, Yeah, yeah, it's true. But, and it would, it, on the other hand, it would also be nice to have a scene where Jon and his direwolf meet Danny and Drogon. And, you know, and have that kind of, like, not only, a, a like, to mirror... The, the John to Danny dynamic, but 
but to have their animals like meet dynamic. Their sigil animals. Yeah, you know. But what, but what do you think of episode two? I mean, it, it's 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 basically uh, an episode to move into episode three. Episode two usually nothing <clears throat> like big ever happens in episode two of, of Thrones. It's just it it's just to take the opening and go right into the stuff. Right, but it's also you, you, we begin to see. The, who, where this leaker is like clearly this leaker is not near Brienne or or the Sand Snakes or Euron like you can tell like what yeah, set, fucking what... so do you think he's uh do you think he's a uh, a team wolf team Stark guy yeah exactly I mean he seems to be following he seems to be you know wherever you know John is right when I, when I look at these uh when I look at these uh episodes like john is in almost every single one of i mean until episode seven like yeah he he's following john right so what it might be kid harrington himself you don't know who's leaking this shit which i thought i I think would be great i think it's i think it's his hairstylist (laughs) that's awesome that i i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past him so episode two it's okay not much information to go on episode three also directed by the same guy in episode three, according to these leaks, John and Davos around arrive at Dragonstone. Tyrion meets them on the beach, and the Dothraki take their ship. Tyrion brings them to Danny, encountering Masande and Grey Worm on the way. The throne room, in quotes, contains a number of Dothraki, and Danny and John meets finally. She demands he bend the knee, which he refuses. Um, Evidently, he discusses the White Walkers, but she doesn't believe him. Tyrion insists that John is not crazy. D- uh, Davos tries to mention John's resurrection, but John dismisses it. I guess it really isn't important whether or not you come back. I- I- well, it is, but <laughs> in this context, I guess it wouldn't be to him. Uh, Danny respects John immediately. John to Danny, maybe not as much. Brienne arrives at Winterfell, and Mira returns home. I, I will say, um, that's the end of episode three, Leaks. I will say that it was weird that. We didn't get the House Reed in John's battle with the bastards, right? I mean, House Reed. Yeah, I mean, completely forgotten from the show, essentially. I mean, other than you know Jojen and Mira themselves. But, well, I wouldn't uh, say they were forgotten. The the show did make it. Um, if they were truly forgotten, the show wouldn't have made it a a a fucking um. Uh, they they wouldn't have gone out of their way to include uh, Jojen and Mira's father at the Tower of Joy. They would have right. just kept it as some nameless guy. But you can clearly see that it is a member of House Reed, most likely Jojen and Mira's father, because you can see like the crocodile sigil on his, his little uh, jacket. So yeah. if they really did forget House Reed, they wouldn't have included him. So yeah, I, I just don't get why not include House Reed, because we got the Glovers, the Umbers, the Karstarks, we got the Mormonts, of course. I mean, they had, they had their chance to talk about them when they had the the uh, Deepwood Mott scene in um, season four. But, uh, you know, you know, it's not like they weren't down in that territory. In fact, so many people passed through, you know, Moat Kalen. Did I say Deepwood Mott? I said Moat Kalen. Right, Moat Kalen. Uh, um, I mean, so many people passed through that area. We could have we could have had a shout out to uh, to House Reed um, at any time. But. But no one's done it. Yeah, and was House Reed even at the uh, last episode meeting last season? No. 
I don't know what's going on with that. Maybe House Reed does come in at the end, because I really don't see the point in having you know, included House Reed in, in the episode 3 flashback scene with young Ned. The whole Danny and John thing, while while it's cool to see them them meet, I, I would feel like their their uh, their relationship would be very rocky at first. Like yeah. she wants him to bend the knee and he won't, so I figured she'd be kind of annoyed at that. Um, we do we do have we have heard like rumors that Danny is going to be burning some other some other lords of Westeros who don't agree mm-hmm. with her. So why isn't she burning him? I mean, I don't, that particular line, like Danny respects John immediately, John to Danny, not so much. I don't believe that line. I mean, if they are going to do, I mean, knowing television, right? When you have two characters that are clearly gonna, that are clearly gonna like get together, when they first meet, they both hate each other. And then everyone's like, oh gosh, (laughs) and then they like each other. Like, that's how all the relationship is. Like the whole Danny respects John immediately, John to Danny, not so much. That sounds like that sounds like fans, like all the fans that that like love John and like hate Danny, like mm-hmm. that's how they feel. Like I I, I don't see <clears throat> I don't see you know Danny respecting John immediately. Like why would she Why would she respect John immediately? This well, is this but maybe is... maybe the word respect is 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 misused. Maybe she admires John because in the face of her fucking dragons and her army and the fact that she can demolish him at any second, he's defiant to bend the knee. So maybe she's like, okay, he's got balls. Maybe she respects him for not, you know, immediately bending the knee, probably like other people have, maybe. This, I mean, this is the son of the usurper. I mean, like, the usurper's dogs. Like, he's still Ned Stark's son. Mm -hmm. Like, he's still, like, Danny still hates Ned. Despite, you know, Barristan's little stories, like, there's no reason to like John. Like, she should hate the guy. Like, this guy's dad, like, essentially killed my dad. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I just, I just don't see that one happening. But, I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean, only in the sense that, like, the showrunners would have completely forgotten, like, character motivation. But, like, right. which is certainly possible. But there's, there's no reason to respect John. Like, well, I I mean, we have and this is this is one of the, the things that annoyed me about this show is that there have been chances for there to be a com- I, I think there was a conversation between Tyrion and Danny where they talk about how some of the houses, but I don't think it went into length. There have been chances where the show could have given us a scene between Varys and Danny or Tyrion and Danny where mm-hmm. Danny's saying, fuck all of them, the Starks, the Lannisters, they're all the same. Because I do remember it being a thing in the books where Barrison does talk to Danny. You're right. right. But in the show, I don't think there has been a scene where someone sits her down and says, hey, look, the Starks and the Lannisters, even though they had a hand in overthrowing your dad, two, differently, two completely different people. Uh, they're, they're different houses. They have different histories. Uh, it's not the same. And right, I mean, da- Danny's break the wheel speech made it sound like all the all the uh, houses of Westeros are, are are the same. Like, but no one corrects her. Yeah, right. No one corrects her. I mean, she should be arriving thinking that John is a a rebel and the son of a guy who who killed her dad, and that there should be like and raised by this guy with his values. Like, she should have no reason to like him. She should, mm-hmm. you know, it should be completely antagonistic, you know, antagonistic, which which builds into the sexual tension for when they eventually bone. 
<laughs> they eventually bone. And let's get to episode four. <clears throat> uh, actually, what do you think of episode three so far? Eh, eh, good, nah. I mean, this is where you start seeing, like, a few, um, uh, like, misses from the guy, you know, from, from the, uh, the story. Like, for instance, Mira returning home, like, I mean, is that really a, a way to get rid of Mira? Like, should she still be with Brand? I mean... I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, the sh- the show has, for the most part, killed off characters in order to have it be like a punch to the gut. Like, why wouldn't you kill Mira? Like, that's a that's a. That's but what would a, be the what would be the point in killing Mira? What was the point of killing Osha? Like, you know, because because it shocks. Because people. she had nothing else to do. Like, Mira still has a part to play. Mira can be. Depending on who you ask, she can be Bran's wife, or she could be Bran's protector. She could, she could, she could fill a role like Brienne fills with Sansa, where she's there to help. Sworn I mean, sword. it's true. I mean, it's true that someone, someone like needs to be removing the stool from from Bran's colon, and we have enough. You know, <laughs> now that Hodor is gone, like someone needs to be doing that, and it's you know it has to be Mira. But like, but like, I mean, now that they're back at Winterfell, like he's got people there but and so Mira is no longer you know useful but is she returning home to get to get to get troops I thought she was returning home to like say goodbye to the show um we don't know because I don't think these leaks mention Mira ever again so I I would assume that she's going home to tell her dad what's happening but maybe we might see her at the end bring some troops I highly doubt the show will introduce um Fuck, what's his, what's his name? What's her dad's name? I forgot. Howland uh, Reed, yeah. Exactly. I doubt the show will ever introduce Howland Reed, because introducing Howland Reed would need for him... For, it would need for Howland Reed to explain why he hasn't been helping out this entire time. Why yeah. wasn't he with John? Uh, why wasn't he, wasn't he with Rob? Okay, you were you were making sure Mo Caitlin was protected? Got it. Then how come you let the Vale Knights go, go by? Why weren't you with Peter Baelish? If Peter Baelish managed to convince you to let him through... Why weren't you with Baelish? Why didn't you answer John's call? I mean, they might they might uh, have him appear to kind of reveal John's lineage, but most of the reasons why, for instance, in the book, why Howland Reed like needs to be brought into the story have to do with things like Rob's will, um, uh, right. the real the real secret of what's um, on the Isle of Faces, like like Endgame stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, high, higher mystery kind of stuff, the green men, but stuff that they're never going to introduce in the show. But uh, Exactly. And and maybe Rob's will, which was just not part of the show. But uh, I, I feel like this, this all, all could have been possible if the show at least had 12 or 13 episodes. I feel like it. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything. I mean, they waste so much time of like awkward silences and like Tyrion with Sam and Gilly, Sam and Gilly and Tyrion making bad jokes and like people eating dinner while not saying anything for 10 minutes. The, and... the, the Masande and Grey Worm yeah. uh, subplot, which, isn't Masande like 12 in the books? Yeah, some, something like, yeah, really young, 11 or something. Uh, like, suppose, yeah. The, uh, yeah, Arya sweeping. I mean, there's, there is plenty of time. <laughs> Arya's but... sweeping. I oh, remember God. that. That was so dumb. That was so dumb. Her washing some old guy and it was just awkward. It was, it was five literally minutes. 10 minutes. It, no, it was literally She's getting like this fucking minutes. random lucky guy a sponge bath and okay. Just, oh, this is a part of my training to give this man a sponge. Gotcha. Gotcha. And now um, I'm a Terminator. Yes. <laughs> episode four. 
uh, wow, there's nothing for episode four here except for Arya arrives at Winterfell. But we also know that Arya supposedly at some point in the story, she kills off a lot of the men at the twins. Yes. I mean, we kind of know that like, yeah, I mean, there's the, the whole like she's going to poison everybody at the t- twins kind of uh, a thing that's probable. I mean, that gives that's something to happen in the in the in the first three episodes for, from some other plots. Um, and supposedly she's meeting back up with Nymeria. Whoa. Well, that's why I guess I guess they are going to spend some money on fur. CGI <laughs> fur. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see it happening. I mean, she's been spotted on, you know, spotted on set. So I guess it's going to happen. Character wise, though, I'd ask, like, why isn't she going after Cersei? Like, right. Mm-hmm. That's her list. And Illyn Payne. You know, she's got to find Illyn Payne and Cersei. They're both in King's Landing. Ellen Payne has been in the show for a while. I think the actor was um, diagnosed with cancer, but uh, I, I don't know what's what's the uh, I, I don't know if he did die or not. I'm not aware of, of that. But uh, that 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 is something that really kind of annoys me. That certain characters we see in the show originally is are, are they barely come back. So I would like her to complete a little bit of her list. Um, but I, I I will say I can I can I can. I can accept this. Her going to Winterfell instead of st- going straight down to uh, King's Landing. She wants to be home. Yes, though she, you know she could have done that before the twins as well. I mean, True. I, I get <laughs> it. I get it there. that they have to. I mean, I get there. it that they 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 can't they can't blow the whole the whole wad like right now. I got I grant it that they have to make Cersei last, and they have to have they have to have that be season eight, you know and. You know, that has to be like an end showdown. I grant, you know, I grant it. Um, So, you know. This is true. They they did originally want only seven seasons. Right. So, I mean, you know, even though it doesn't make much sense, like, you know, plot wise, they need to have, they need to end with Arya and Cersei. They can't just have her go and, and do it right away. So I get why she's going to Winterfell now. Well, she's also going to Winterfell to do something fucking annoying, which we'll get into. Um, completely fucks up my favorite character. But in episode <laughs> five, uh, Sam leaves Old Town for Winterfell with Gilly and baby Sam. And he's already like, a maester. <laughs> already a maester. Um, as, as I was about to say, like, that was quick. Uh, unless, unless season six and season seven, the in-between, because time with thrones, like, the time, like, to, to, to get to places or to do things is right. so, like, twisted and we don't, oh, we I mean, don't know. Every, everything's off, yeah. yeah. Like, John John can do a complete tour of the North in the same mm-hmm. time, yeah. It's, it's, as as but, uh, Sam takes to get to, to get to Old Town, yeah. Yeah, Sam leaves for Old Town for Winterfell with Gilly and baby Sam. Jorah reunites still a, with Danny. Still a baby. Still a baby. <laughs> Jorah reunites with Danny at Dragonstone. John receives a raven telling him that Bran and Arya are at Winterfell. So at this point, John is still with Danny at Dragonstone. Jamie, Braun, Tyrion, and Davos have a secret meeting at some point where Tyrion tries to persuade them to surrender to Danny, which Jamie ignores. Unclear if this happens before or after Danny ambushes the Lannister army. There has been footage captured of Paylor Dinklage and, you know, Liam Cunningham, who plays Tyrion and Davos respectively, filming together, appearing to be preparing a boat to leave the beach. Um, this might be the meeting for them to go see uh, Jamie. Right. Gendry is back in King's Landing making weapons, and he is found by Davos. Still um, rowing, still rowing outside. Like, like what would be funny is if they found him, like, 200 meters away from Dragonstone. Like, like all this time, he's only been... <laughs> um, <laughs> we, 
we have you seen the video where um Davos <laughs> has been uh, apprehended by well not apprehended but he's he's in, like the gold cloaks encounter Davos on the beach and Tyrion gives Gendry his father's warhammer Robert's warhammer and Gendry uses it against the Stormcloaks to save Davos have you seen that before no, have you seen that video no. it's a cool video I will say but at the same time like I, I know how to feel about that like okay so Gendry First off, why would Gendry go back to King's Landing if the Gold Cloaks want to kill him? That's why he left in the first place. Well, one of the reasons why he left. I mean, I guess it's the only city he knows, but it would be it would be it would be a dumb move. I mean, Mm -hmm. he'd go anywhere. I mean, literally anywhere in the world would be a safer place than than uh, than than going back to King's Landing. But you know, and they give they give him a a warhammer. That's that's kind of lame. I mean, Robert. One of the things Robert is not a character that anyone would want to emulate, but but I guess I don't know. I guess show Robert's a little nicer than book Robert, but well, suppose yeah we 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 yeah yeah I I, I would agree with that. But supposedly um, it's not it's, we're not seeing this. I'm not seeing this here. But supposedly what they're not saying is because episode six starts out a little weird. So let me give the let me give a little explanation for this. Um, supposedly John, there's a, there's a, there's a fellowship built. Supposedly it's Davos, John, Gendry, the Hound, Beric, no, not, maybe, is it Beric? Thoros of Mir, and, like, another person, and they all go towards Eastwatch by the sea, and the reason they're doing this is they're trying to get proof of the White Walkers, because yes. episode six yeah. starts off with the party arrives at Eastwatch by the sea. So this is the party I was just talking about. The party arrives at Eastwatch by the Sea by boat, though it's likely they leave Dragonstone during episode 5. Tormund is there. Okay, it's so it's Tormund, the Hound, Beric, Thoros, um, they're in the dungeon, and Davos stays behind. So it's Davos, Jon, and Gendry, and Jorah, and they, they're all, like, hunting for a white. So it's a lot of red shirts, is what you're saying. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're not, like... like you know, which character is the most useful? I mean, clearly Thoros and Beric are going to die. Right. Um, you know, the question is, who's gonna, who else is going to die on that trip? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it a good place to kill off? Is it a good place to kill off Jorah? Is it a good place to kill off the Hound? I don't know. But uh, back, back to this. The team is attacked by the Night's King army, including a white polar bear, which I, I want to see this. The bear kills Thoros, apparently a slow death. And John Gendry, Thoros... Wait, what? John, Gendry, Thoros, Tormund, Jorah, and Benjen have been spotted in these locations. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, so, yeah. the team is attacked by the Night's King army, and a white polar bear kills Thoros, and it's a very slow death. John is almost killed, but Benjen arrives and sends John off with his horse while continuing to fight the Horde. John watches Benjen as he's swarmed by the undead, and John rides off half dead to safety. Um, apparently, at some point, Danny comes to help out. And Visser, Visseron? Am I saying that right? Uh, I, you can pronounce it any way you want. Some people say Viserion. Viserion, that's also cool, uh, <coughs> is killed and raised as the Night King's mount. Uh, and John offers to lay down his title as King of the North if Danny and her forces will help out against the White Walkers. This scene is, is private. One thing I did leave out is that before Danny rescues the group, they are stuck in an icy lake and are surrounded, and she comes and has them get on one of the dragons back, and John is left behind, not on purpose, and that is when Benjen comes to help him, which is good because Thoros of Mir dies from the white polar bear, 
which means he can't really resurrect anybody if they die. So there you go. That's convenient, yes. And convenient. Benjen joins the fray and he comes in to help John. Apparently Danny and one of her dragons comes and joins the fray, but he's killed somehow. I don't know how he's killed. Maybe the one thing we haven't seen is we've seen the White Walkers have like those spears, those kind of like like javelin like weapons. Mm. But maybe maybe there's like a White Walker ice bow and arrow. I mean I mean it would be really dumb of her to to have the dragon like go low to the ground when it when it doesn't need to be. But I mean, what about what about an undead an undead crow, an undead raven? Like goes up there and just like stabs him in the eye. Like that's True. that's what I do. That's what I do. But it'll probably be something dumb. Like she got too close to the ground and then they throw a they throw a spear at him him, him or something. But kind of like what happened with uh, in uh, season five when uh, she's being rescued and Drogon comes down there and the, the, the sons of the harpy almost completely kill Drogon because of yep. throwing so many spears at it. So I can see that being a thing here as well. In episode 7, Sansa sends Littlefinger to death, which Arya carries out, and I kind of fucking hate that, because Littlefinger has been such a great character, and he's the reason the show is even even there, because, you know, of his fucking plots, and just to have him, I mean, I would love for Sansa to kill him herself. Yeah. I, I, like, my perfect death for Littlefinger would be, like, Littlefinger lets his guard down around Sansa, and she's learned so much from him, she eventually betrays him the same way Littlefinger betrayed Ned. Like, she has a knife to uh, uh, his throat, and she's like, I did warn you not to trust me. I mean, I guess, I mean, does is she going to find out that Littlefinger is pretty much responsible for Ned dying, you know? or Well, Varys and the Hound were the only people in that room... Yeah, that's still around. Yeah, uh-huh. oh, or maybe it could be Cersei. Cersei was also in the fucking throne room when Littlefinger betrays uh, Ned. But how so are they getting she... that information to Arya? Did the Hound ever tell that information to Arya? I I, I, I would so. think that Cersei sends a raven to Winterfell, because Cersei oh. does know that Sansa is there, and when Cersei finds out that Littlefinger has betrayed her, she could do something like that. That that would be smart. That would be that would be that would be uh, that would be a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Meeting at drag at the dragon pit, which uh, they're gonna include, with basically everyone, they demonstrate the reality of the White Walkers and it terrifies Cersei. Apparently, the mountain, or the Hound, this person can't tell, chops up the White and it keeps moving. John shows them the only way to kill it is with dragon glass or fire. Cersei tells them she would send forces to help defeat the undead, but she admits to Jamie she was lying. She wants the undead to clear out as many of her enemies as possible. Disgusted, Jamie begins to ride north. Likely happens in episode seven. Uh, Tyrion takes a moment to talk to Cersei alone after the dragon pit parlay. Cersei awakes in, uh, awakens in the bed soaked with blood. The general consensus is that she miscarries. Sam and Bran figure out Jon's heritage. He apparently is a legitimized Targaryen named Aegon. Jon and Danny have sex for the first time on the boat headed north. The wall falls at the end of the episode. Night's King attacks the wall with the reanimated Viserion. He now breathes blue flame. Um... First, let me ask you, what do you think about that? The whole episode. I really hate the idea of Jamie like, riding north. Like, let's just put all the good guys on the same team. You know, that just doesn't, uh, that doesn't sit with me well. And then the question is about the undead dragon. Like, I think that's a, that's a clever idea. Like, you're talking about, like, a dragon is, you know, they're one, you know, uh, it, 
the one immunity, the one thing that can kill whites is fire, but dragons are fireproof, so maybe an undead dragon would be indestructible. Um, True. I guess, I guess... Not maybe... to a Valyrian steel sword! Oh, uh, shit! Yeah. Or a Valyrian steel arrow! What? Uh, or spear! Oh, shit! Or one of those harpoons used in the, the third Hobbit movie. What's up? Or, or Kit Harrington without his shirt off. You know, oh, with his shirt off, yeah. Don't you remember that one time he was fighting the Magnar of <laughs> and the goat dude grabs his fucking head and bashes it on the anvil? The motherfucker <laughs> still has his teeth and nose! What's up? <sighs> I mean... Yeah, that's so. I mean, I could see them doing that. That that's uh, the blue f- the blue fire doesn't make any sense, but you know, because if something's <laughs> dead, it can't really produce fire. We, we, well, we've had this conversation before. Yes, like, it's, yes. it's it's the show. They're being Hollywood. It's, it's the like, show. It's... Yes, yes, and you know the ice dragon book. I suppose the the dragon breathes blue fire. But uh, yeah, the uh, I mean, I, I guess I could see it happening. Um, yeah. Now the question is, Sam and Bran figuring out Jon's heritage legitimized Targaryen named Aegon. Like, is he? Is he? Are they combining plots here? Is that the idea? I have no idea. Like, I, I don't know how they would even get into that. I don't. I don't even know how they would get into that conversation. Well, I I, I can kind of see it. You know, Bran is Jon, and, and John uh, Bran has seen it. Uh, Sam is, you know. John's best friend. So I, I can see how the conversation would play out. Uh, Sam is incredibly smart and he's read a lot of books. So I can see how that would play out. But the one thing that, that I don't get is why would Dan- John and Danny have sex? Uh, she wants to do things differently. And I don't think incest is in her repertoire. I don't think she wants to like get she, into the she, same she thing. Didn't, she doesn't know though. Is the, I you mean, you don't think the, she knows? I mean, that's the, the I mean, I mean, I guess that's the tragedy that they're boning and it's incest. They fall in love and it's incest. <laughs> but why would she want to with him? Like, like it took Dario, like Cal Drogo. Okay, that's self-explanatory. But the whole the whole thing with Dario, Dario had to fucking go and kill like two dudes and betray his whole thing and give a mercenary company to her and help her take a city with two other guys. He had to do all these fucking things, and all John has to do is just show up and go, "Hey, what's going on?" Um. And and that's it. That's 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 what happens. I mean, I feel like this is being forced. I feel like it's forced. Yeah, I mean, you know, Danny's a liberated woman. She can have sex with whoever she wants. The, the, I would say the question is more on the other side. John is the one that's more of the prude, right? Like right. it took him a while to finally bone Egret. That's know. true. And even and even when Mel, Melisandre was uh, basically throwing herself at him. He, right. he he was you know a little hesitant there. So why why Danny? What, I mean what? I don't I don't know many men who could who who'd be able to resist you know Egret and and, and Melisandre's advances. It took it took John <laughs> it took John a, a a while. So that I mean it would be more on that sense that like would he be willing to just you know jump into bed with Danny because mm-hmm. you know you know because well I mean I guess he doesn't have his vows anymore but he was still he still. Uh, I'd be like, he's still inexperienced, but then again, you know, the, the guy somehow knows how to do uh, oral sex, having never had sex before, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting into like a, an incredibly like insane and weird, weird questions here, but uh, okay, I mean, so, but what do you think? What do you think about That's why the wall seven? falls. The wall falls not because they're having sex. The wall falls because John's going down on her. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ, Preston. Uh, but but what do you think of episode seven overall? I think it's, I agree with you. Like all the good guys are converging. I guess everything is converging and everybody's meeting up. Um, I guess that has to happen at some point. But uh, I figured it would happen under different circumstances. Like I don't think everybody. I, I I never thought everybody would come together as allies. I I would I would think they would come together as um, neutral parties who are eventually brought together because uh, Danny's bringing them together or because yeah. maybe of a parlay in the Riverlands, you know, meeting each other halfway or I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't think they would come together because of the White Walkers are all bringing them together. Yeah, I mean, that's the... It depends what, like, what, uh, you know, the message is supposed to be. Is the, You know, is the message supposed to be that, like, war is bad um, always and the, and the White Walkers are part of that idea that war is bad? Or is the war is war bad because it it, uh, it distracts us from the real problems with the world, like say global warming, and that we should all be getting together to fight global warming, and the White Walkers re- represent something like global warming, like mm-hmm. like you know I could see it going both ways that the tra- you know that the tragedy is that somehow the White Walkers have made the enemy that they're not supposed to be the enemy, or it could be that you know the White Walkers really do represent death, and we should we should be focusing on these real enemies rather than bickering amongst ourselves. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that would be a more effective message that, that let's stop our bickering. If there were a few good guys on Cersei's side, you know, like, like I, I, you know, I, it, would, it would be a bigger tragedy if the hero of Danny and the hero of John were forced to fight each other or the hero of Sansa and the hero of John were forced to fight each other. Like, that's more of a tragedy than when you when you like both sides, you know. That's that. I mean, I'm gonna bring up Twilight, but like that's the appeal. <laughs> but that's the appeal of the whole like Team Jacob, Team Edward like thing is that both characters are likable, and so you you know like it's two protagonists against each other. Like, you know I you know, that's the. Uh, I wish it were that rather than rather than. Everybody, all the good people, you know, getting on one side together, with the only tragedy being some incest. <laughs> well, like I said, like we we we're, we're basically knowing what's like the gist of it, but a lot of characters are left out. We, we, we nothing about Podrick or Brienne or yes, um, yeah, you know, a lot of characters are being left out. We're just knowing like the gist of what's happening, and not to say uh, we don't know everything that's going on. Um, there are some things that I'm sure will be will be put in there, but do you want to go into the uncertain chronologically? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. So basically, this uh, we, this the, the leaker doesn't really know where um, these take place within the episodes. So uncertain chronologically is Cersei believes she is pregnant with Jamie's child. She has Kyburn examine her. Cersei does not hesitate in telling Jamie, like it happens within the first couple of episodes. Uh, Ari uses Walder Frey's face to hold a banquet and poison his sons. She makes yeah. sure the women are dismissed first. Will happen in the first couple episodes. Dorne and Highgarden get trashed within the first couple episodes by the Lannisters. That doesn't make any sense, though. Doesn't doesn't the Tyrell don't the Tyrells have like the most amount of men out of all the armies? Right. I mean, the Tyrells should be able to completely, utterly conquer all of Westeros. Um, mm-hmm. But you know. I, I I could still see like some sort of surprise attack. I don't know, but I don't know where these where these these forces keep coming from. I mean, I could see that happening, but it, you're right; it doesn't make sense. I could see uh, the show doing it. 
Yeah, Euron kills two of the Sand Snakes, he imprisons Ilaria, and makes her watch as Tyene dies a slow death from poison. Euron's fleet destroys Yara's, and he takes her prisoner. That we've seen. Theon abandons her, he jumps overboard, and is rescued by some Ironborn. Danny tortures some Westerosi lords, including Sam's father and brother. Tyrion mm. persuades Danny that the most of the people who would die in a direct dragon attack on King's Landing would be innocent. So I guess that's what keeps Danny from attacking King's Landing uh, in the first place. Mm. Jorah and Sam meet in the Old Town, and they find a way to cure his grayscale. Which... <laughs> wow. Wow. That's <coughs> yeah. all you need. All you, cause, all you, cause, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's just Sam. He's, he's, Sam he's is the guy. Ma- he's been a maester for like, you know, four episodes. So exactly. Of course course you're going to be able to cure grayscale you know some disease uh, that's been haunting uh westeros for thousands of years of course mm-hmm. T- Tyrion spends most of the season advising danny which i'm cool with uh Tyrion also plans an attack on casterly rock involving a secret sewer entrance he used to sneak horrors into the castle okay that i can understand because in the books it, it, aren't we he, told that Tyrion is put in charge of the sewers he was yeah, oh, yeah. yeah that makes sense Arya encounters Nymeria on her way to Winterfell. Must happen within episodes 1 to 3, maybe early episode 4. Tyrion has at least one scene trying to convince Jon that Danny's the best choice for Westeros. Unclear if this is before or after the scene where Jon actually meets her. Likely episode 3, possibly episode 4. Jon and Theon meet. Jon telling Theon that if it wasn't for what he did for Sansa, he'd be dead. Um, Jaime travels to Highgarden and Elena drinks poison. The claim is this happens when the Lannister army sack Highgarden. She admits to having killed Joffrey, and Jaime allows her to drink the, from the poison. Jaime returns to King's Landing in time for the Dragon Pit meeting. Okay, so this is... Uh, all, all of so, Jaime's character... Like, all, 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 the entire time he's been on the show, Jaime is always, like, off doing other things. So I guess this is the thing he's doing before he ultimately comes back. Right. Gotta give some... Gotta give, you know, gotta give him some busy work. Exactly. The Dothraki and Danny attack the Lannister army on their way back from the Reach. Jaime and Bronn are both there, despite the Lannister army having a giant anti-dragon spear gun designed by Kyburn, which sounds cool to me. They are defeated. Bronn saves Jaime from a dragon, and the two manage to escape, likely episode 4 or 5. Jon remains at Dragonstone during this battle, as he is not aligned with her yet. Uh, this part, I think, is also... I, I expect this part to happen. Jon isn't afraid of Drogon and pets him on Danny's return from the battle, which Drogon allows. This surprises Danny. After Danny's attack on the Lannisters, Jon realizes that what he needs to do is provide proof of the undead army, and uh, that will likely happen in episode 4 or 5. Jorah doesn't care for Jon initially, but they warm up to each other pretty quickly, including a scene where Jon offers Longclaw Black back to Jorah, who refuses it, which I think is awesome. I would love that scene. I really hope they do it justice. Where I he mean, offers it back. You know what I would love more? I would love Jorah to be like, thank you. Like, that would surprise <laughs> me more. Like, that would be so much cooler. <laughs> like, thank you. And then, like, you're you're expecting him to be like, no, you can have it. You're like, that would be great. Uh, my lord, your father gave this to me to, uh, for me to prove my loyalty. And he just gives this really long speech. Here, I give it to you. Why, thank you. <laughs> thanks for keeping it. I, uh, thanks, bro. <laughs> cool guy. This Jon Snow, cool guy. Um, Sam and Gilly and baby Sam leave Old Town in episode 5 for Winterfell, but no claims that they actually make it there. Though he did say Sam and Bran figure out Jon's heritage and that Gilly figures out Rhaegar's marriage. What? I don't... Does this mean... 
Who gives a fuck? Sam and Gilly shit nobody cares about. Um, I think this is cool. Arya and Brienne spar, but Brienne is in attendance at the Dragon Pit scene. So either Brienne huh. separates from the main group and returns to Winterfell very quickly uh, after the Dragon Pit meeting, or she doesn't join Jon and Davos initially to Dragonstone. So what's happening here is that Brienne and Arya do have an encounter again, which I do want to see. Uh, there will be mm. a flashback scene to Rhaegar and Lyanna's wedding, which I always thought that they quickly had a wedding at Winterfell um, with only very few people in attendance, namely the Kingsguard. And I, 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 I swear well, it Benjamin, couldn't. It couldn't be at Winterfell. If if it happened, I mean, I will say that 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 the we we people call this head cannon. You know, when fans talk to each other a little too much, the head cannon of Rhaegar and Lyanna is that they went to the Isle of Faces, and, and you know, got married there, and that way, mm-hmm. like, and because they're in front of a heart tree, like, then Bran can see it, and right, you know, all this fan fiction. Um, <clears throat> It doesn't make any sense. Like, Rhaegar was married. Polygamy is not a thing uh, <laughs> under the uh, under the faith of the Seven. Like, it's kind of a big deal. They fought they fought wars over this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if if the showrunners have been reading fan fiction. It's quite possible that that they can do that. And uh, the last uh, the last spoiler here is Littlefinger tries to play Arya and Sansa against each other using the letter Sansa wrote to Rob. I remember this letter. Um, uh, it's it's basically the letter that uh, when Rob gets, he's like, Sansa wrote this. And then the Maester Lewin is like, it's your sister's handwriting, but the queen's words. Right, and then right. in the same scene, Rob is like, call the banners. And that's, that's that letter. Um, Sansa figures out she's being played with Bran's help. So, okay. Uh, the land, uh, the land, the Stark siblings are working working with each other to kill Littlefinger. But at the same time, though, Littlefinger doesn't know or care who Arya or Bran are. They're completely separate from her storyline. It would be such great character development for Sansa to kill Littlefinger on her own because she's learned from him. She's seen how he works, and it it's it will come full circle for her to just dispatch of him. On her own, using every single trick that he has used on the show so far, you know. Not only that, but she has a big advantage against him. She knows that he wants her. So, I mean, there's there's definitely just some potential with Sansa. Like she hasn't done anything yet. Like she hasn't done anything on her own. Like everyone keeps. She won. Like, the, she she technically helped win that uh, that battle, the Battle of Bastards. Sure, but that was because Littlefinger like set the whole thing up. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, she pulled the trigger, but let's be honest, like Littlefinger, like, is the whole one that set up Sweet Robin's army and is just like, you can use this if you want, you know, and then like Sweet Robin, like, is like, cool, let's do it, you know. So, I mean, in a sense, Sansa still hasn't like realized her potential, which is really quite sad. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, remember in season uh, four at the end of season four? When we all thought she was going to be like Darth Sansa. Darth Sansa. Yeah. She's wearing she a black dress. Oh. Dyed her hair black. Oh. oh, God. Like, you know, we all think she's going to be like that badass. She's and then, entering uh, the fray. <laughs> she's totally going to, you know, be outmaneuvering people just like Littlefinger. Which is, I mean, it would be, it would be a little anticlimactic for, for Littlefinger to get, to get, you know, caught by a bunch of children 
and to be <laughs> to be killed in this fashion. What is this, Scooby Doo? I would have gotten away for it too if it wasn't for you meddling, meddling kids. What the? That, that's what I'm talking about. It's exactly what she said with Mira. The show doesn't need Mira anymore. She served her purpose, so now she goes home. The the show doesn't need Littlefinger anymore because he's still a thing, and we still need to figure out what to do with him. But hey, let's just do one final right. thing where we get this, the Stark siblings. I mean, I feel again. I feel like it's it's like with Roose Bolton. Like we're gonna take this really clever schemer, and then we're just gonna stab him. Um, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it seems like that, that's what they're doing with Littlefinger. It's uh, you know, we got too many characters. Got to get rid of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could let them survive and let them you know go off to do other things. Like uh, at the end at the end of this at the end of the show, you know. Leave it and leave Littlefinger alive, and you know he he's in the back watching things, or maybe he's been defeated to the point where he can never come back, um, or maybe he's exiled. Like you could leave a lot of these characters alive. Yeah, but you know, I would love to see an actual main character surprisingly die. Like I would love, I would love it like if who? like, oh, I mean, imagine, imagine like. Uh, like if they killed Arya, like how people be like, oh. what? Like that would just shock you, right? You'd be like, oh my yeah, God. that would that would cut me off guard. Like imagine if little like Arya thinks she's gonna sneak in and kill Littlefinger, and then he freaking slit like just kills her. Like wouldn't that, would be, that be? That would like, put Game of Thrones back on the map for me. Yeah, right. You'd be like, you'd be like, holy crap, Game of Thrones still has it. Like <laughs> la- last season was honestly like everybody superfluous was written out, and like nobody significant. You know, no main characters really died. I mean, yeah, they blew up Marjorie and Loras, you know. And that kind of surprised me. I thought Marjorie would come out alive. I thought Marjorie, or at least Loras, would come out alive in that. But, you know, they, they still didn't quite, like, you know, reach the level of importance that where, where I would be shocked to see them die. I'm talking, like, Jamie, Cersei, Tyrion, Danny, John, Bran, Arya, you know, POV characters, you know, like... You know, like, that's the thing that's going to shock me if you kill him off. And Oh, God, yeah. I still remember when, like, Ned Stark, he, he was, like, the main character for the first right. book and the first season. Out of nowhere, <clears throat> boom, he's done. What the fuck? Right, right? Ned Stark, like, and when you think about it, Catelyn, Ned Stark, like, those are the two big shocks of, like, the entire series, right? Like, mm-hmm. taking a main character that you've been with who, like, from their point of view, and you're just like, yep, yeah, kill him. You know, that's that's a shock. Like, and they haven't done that in a long time. So that's I, true. I would right. love to see I would love to see someone just bite it. Someone that you really thought was gonna make it till the end. Unpopular it. opinion, Tyrion. Unpopular opinion. Oh god. Tyrion. Like people I would mean, riot in the streets. My I'm my, sure my, my unpopular opinion would be like, wouldn't I mean for the next book, like, wouldn't it be great if John like actually stayed dead? Like yeah, you can have him in his wolf and everything, but wouldn't it be wouldn't it be such a relief if John were just like gone, like you know, well, not coming back? I'm, I'm, what, what I'm thinking is he'll be resurrected, yes, but he'll be like such a shell of his former self. Not only that though, but in the Battle of Bastards, do you remember that one scene where like John he's in the fray, he's fighting everybody, everything's yeah. happening around him, and Ramsey launches arrows and he fucking goes, he looks up, he's like oh, and then he gets down, and he gets down, like covers his head, and. Like a cartoon, the arrows kind of hit everything around him but him. It almost, right. like, fucking outlines his body. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right. The show needs to be reminded that, like, people should have consequences. Should, like, shouldn't people shouldn't have plot armor. Like, the yes. show has lost 
has like like that was what's great about Ned and Cat dying is that everyone's like, wow, you know, these people don't have plot armor. Like ne- plot exactly. Like, like, but since season three, like we have seen nothing but plot armor. Like, and you know, well, I, I would agree with you there, but you know, if it was George doing writing the show, you know, he would like John would have lost like a pinky or an ear, oh, yeah. or John he. I, the one thing I, I would be okay with, I, I I'm sure some of the ladies would be okay with when it comes to John would be like he loses an eye and he permanently has like one of those cool looking scars over his eye. Right. Like like mm-hmm. ha, when's the last time someone's been paralyzed or had their nose cut off or had their hun- hand cut off? Like right. it just hasn't happened. Like mm-hmm. it hasn't happened, <clears throat> you know, since season three, when 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 Jamie lost his hand. Like all our main characters. Are great. In fact, all of our main characters have become more good. Like they've gained. Like like Tyrion has just become an absolute good guy. Like somehow, you know, John has become even more boring. Like like <laughs> Danny has become even gooder. You know, and I used gooder intentionally. Like it's just like you know I you know, I miss I miss the darkness. I miss the shades of gray with our right. protagonists. You know. Instead of everybody becoming a cartoon, like, like it might, like at this point, Cersei might as well, like, you know, have a mani- you know maniacal laughter and and and, you know, be like <laughs> maniacal laughter. <laughs> I mean, based I on do what we things read because here, it feels good. <laughs> based on what we read here, I, I think the most bullshit I would have to call would be Jura and the Sam thing. Um, I would love the one thing I'm excited to see is the Dothraki and Danny attack on the Lannister army. I think Jamie and the whole Elena thing. I can see that happening, but at the same time, I'm, I'm very indifferent towards it because, like, let Jorah just... die. You're right. Let Jorah die a yeah. freaking painful, grayscale death. Like, let him die. Like, that would be that would be powerful. Like, having him cured. Like, come on. Well, they could also use, they could also kind of use Jorah as a um, as a uh, a suicide. Bomber in the sense where he grabs a dragon stone, a, a dragon, a dragon glass dagger, and he runs towards the fucking White Walkers, and they're just throwing shit at him. But his grayscale is protecting him because I guess grayscale and White Walker magic, whatever, sucks to each. I don't, I don't know. And he just, you know, suicide bombs the fuck out of the White Walkers. Yeah, or you know, something like that. <clears throat> And then, then it would work, like, with John offering him the sword and him going, thank you, and then dying. Then John can be like, well, might as well take this back. <laughs> I, I love that. I really, I really do hope that would be so great. Well, thank you. Well, that wraps it up. <laughs> and, there, there's, and I, I think there's no reason for Jorah to like John. Like, anybody, anybody, any, any, any handsome man with a, you know, with a penis that could potentially be inside Danny is somebody that Jorah would hate. Like he should. I, I, I see where you're coming. I see where you're coming from there. Um, but, uh, Sam, Sam and Gilly, Gilly needs to really leave. I, I think, I feel like her character is way overused. Um, she doesn't need to be there. My opinion. Uh, I mean, she better have some sort of use in the end. Like, yeah, she won't. She won't. (laughs) She won't though. Um, what else? What else is here? Uh, Tyrion trying, uh, trying to convince John. I can see that happening. Um, I, but the one thing I really want to see, I want, I, I want to see more of Westeros. I want to see Casterly Rock, Storm's yes, End, yes. Sunspear at least once, High Garden. Hopefully, we get to see High Garden. 
Um, the whole Euron thing, I feel like Euron should have come in at season five. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like the only reason Euron is there is because we need someone to side with Cersei, and we need someone to kill off a couple other characters that, that just need to, like, wrap up. Um, there's no reason for Euron to be in a lot of these things. I mean, he was out for most of the season, for most of the show. In the books, I would say he is the second biggest threat to the entire world. Oh yeah, I, yeah. If not the, if not the biggest, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like once again, I will say this though. Like these leaks, overall, it's it's gonna be an interesting season. I, I know. I, I know. I they're, know. We're, they're been... they're safe. That's yeah. the unfortunate thing. Yeah. Is that is that everything in here is safe? Like mm-hmm. it's all it's all the heroes are gonna be fine. The people they get killed off are minor or villains. I mean, yeah, Littlefinger dying is like the most significant death we see. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's it's uh, it's everybody's everybody's feeling like how a fan should feel. Oh, I like John, but I'm I'm shaky on Danny. You know, like Jora Jora and John get along. Like, I don't know. It's 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 too it's I would say it's too safe even for the show. Right. Even for the showrunners, like, but oh, it's gonna be entertaining. Like even though even though you and I are kind of you know shitting on the show a little, um, I still like it, and I'm sure you still like oh, some of it. No, I love it. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's it's insanely entertaining, and uh, um, I mean, well, at, in your own way. But I still like the show. I'm, I'm I I still do. I love it. Um, it's just I have certain issues with a lot of the things uh, on here, and you brought up some great fucking points. I'm still gonna enjoy it. I'll probably be buying the Blu-ray. Oh, dude, do you buy the Blu-ray by the way? No, no. Oh, I, I, I'm collecting the Blu-ray. Fucking seasons one through five have like great artwork on like the uh, the the cover, and then for season six they completely changed the cover. So if I buy the season six Blu-ray with like a special cover, it doesn't look like my other ones. I, oh. Motherfuckers! But um. But over, like, I haven't bought season six Blu-ray yet, but I'm going to. Um, I still like the show a lot. It's just that I, I really do feel like from the very beginning, not even the beginning, like from episode from season two or season three onwards, if they had two or three extra episodes, you could have resolved a lot of these plot lines better. Oh, yeah. You could have included a little bit, not a little, not a little bit more character, but you could have given us more character development. I feel like a lot of these things are wrapping up and they don't know how to wrap them up because they don't have the guidance of the books. Right. And uh, I think... You know, if anything, you know, maybe they're even buying themselves some time, like hoping, you know, maybe that next year winds of winter and will happen and we can maybe figure out what's, you know, where things are going. And mm-hmm. but I don't know. I just wish. Well, I just it, wish it's, they it's would way have... too late for that. Yeah, they've already written season eight. It's it's already set in stone. And I think I think that was George's plan all along was um, to uh, to wait him out. Yeah, I mean, once he kind of figured that he wasn't going to, if he wasn't going to be able to finish all of them, you know, then, then it was done. Mm-hmm. I mean. And that, I that was a theory someone put in the comment section that George, he kind of doesn't like the way the show is going and he doesn't want to put out the book to give the show, uh, you know, extra shit to, to fix their shit. He wants the show to kind of blow dick. And he wants his legacy to be the books, not the show. He wants there to be a clear contrast difference at some point within the the saga, that it goes a completely different and sometimes better way than the show does. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he if he was, you know, being that sinister. Like, there, there's even if the show were good, 
I mean, it is good, but even if the show were a masterpiece, like he wouldn't find it to be a masterpiece, like because it's not it's not his anymore. Um, you'd 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 have to be you know critical, like this. Like George R. R. Martin has spent essentially like the past twenty years thinking about one thing, and like you know, if if somebody else is controlling it, it's not going to be your thing, and you're going to be and you're going to be upset, and you're going to be critical. And that's that's what any human being would do. Like, right. you know, I'm sure he would, he would deny it in any interview, but come on, you're a human being and this is your baby. If somebody else does something with it, you're going to be like, oh, God, like, this is horrible. Like, they, I mean, this is this is why, like, like uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, like, came back and did um, like more Sherlock Holmes. Like he was done with Sherlock Holmes and then people kept doing shit and he's like, fuck, I'll come back and like claim this other stuff doesn't exist or the same thing happened with Cervantes with uh with uh Don Quixote like he did the first Don Quixote book and then other people were doing like were doing Don Quixote stories and so he comes back and he's like no this is freaking Don Quixote and then I'm gonna kill him at the end so that nobody else can do anything (laughs) like like, well, with, with Thrones, it, it's 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 a little. I wouldn't say it's complicated, but I feel like the world is big enough to where you have the main timeline, but there can be other stories in the same world, and I hope people do come, and 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 I hope do I hope people do come and do their own stories in this timeline, not in this timeline in this world, but they leave that timeline alone. Hmm. Like, like, they make a character, Joe Schmo of House Schmo, and he's in this corner of the world, completely separate from everything else. And, uh, oh, I picked up a new... Joe Schmo picks up a newspaper. Oh, Ned Stark's been executed. Well, fuck that guy. But you can actually see how possessive George R. R. Martin is. Like, he released his, his The World of Ice and Fire book, right? And... Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say that's his... Well, that's I, like, I, thing, I did a review though. on this. Like that, those two, those two people, they wrote they wrote a majority of it, and you can tell. But but you could the, like yeah the the stuff that so the book is essentially in in what I say three parts. So there is um, the Targaryen history, which is a summary of George's stuff. Then there's like the the Westeros geography section, which is. Um, a summary of stuff they found in the book, in the series. And then there's the ESOS section. And he, he essentially let them have the ESOS section. But if you notice, there's no section on Karth. There's no section on Slaver's Bay. If you actually read Bravos, there's incredibly little information on Bravos, considering, like, there's a, you know, compared to other stuff. Like, he let them have, like, like what's going on in in ET and and like these faraway lands like that's how possessive he was like you know you yeah you you can write about like that because I'm never going to write about that but but anything that's happening in Westeros anything where Danny is like you're not you're not going to I'm not going to let you write on that and so that's how possessive he was he didn't give them anything important he let them have... But don't you think they should have waited until the books were done? I feel like The World of Ice and Fire would have been a better book had there been time after the, the the entire series finished where they could go and fill in the corners and pockets of the planet that needed to be filled. Oh, I'm sure he'll he'll do another one. But but you He's know... actually when he's done with the series, did you actually did you hear about how he's actually wants to go in and do a very in-depth Targaryen history? 
Yes, yes, the Blood and Fire um, uh, uh, book, yeah. But, you know, I mean, if he has time, if he has time to go back and do more Dunkin' Egg and, and everything. But, um, you know, I don't think any of us, I think, you know, we're all we're all just hoping that he'll he'll even get a dream of spring off, you know, so. All right, Preston, we're going to end it here. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody, for, to, for joining us. We want to we want to produce more episodes, but uh, you are a very busy guy. You have a life. Same with me. Um, but we'll try to do. I, I want to go into more episodes with you uh, about uh, a lot of these other theories that you have. Um, like for example, I would want you to explain to me like the the, the pink letter or like the the uh, the Dornish master plan, and we'll go back and forth on that. Um, would you be okay with doing that? Of course, of course. And yeah, but I want to do more episodes, and if if people really do enjoy it, uh, we'll we'll do more. But uh, we've gone on for we've actually been talking for two hours, but this podcast is about <laughs> it's about to be like an hour and so and so minutes. Um, but uh, yeah, thank thank you everybody for joining us. If you enjoyed the video, if you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to me, subscribe to Preston Jacobs. I'll leave a link in the description below. Preston, what's your next video coming out? What's what what's the this, the stuff you're working on now? <clears throat> Um, well, I'm working on, uh, I do reviews of the Thousand Worlds, which are, which is, uh, uh, George R. R. Martin's stories that he wrote in the seventies and eighties that right. are also in a, a collected universe. Um, I do review, I do, uh, read throughs of the Winds of Winter sample chapters line by line, mm. analyzing them. Keeping I, up with winter, right? I do, uh, uh, prepping for winter. Yeah. I do uh, a comparison of the book and the show We're we're currently, nearing the end of season four and then i do theory videos where cur i'm currently in the middle of doing a bunch of murder mystery theater uh uh theory videos oh. uh, currently discussing who really killed big walder in winterfell right yes so so yeah you're fucking you have a lot of serious holy shit um i'm currently working with uh, other youtubers to really do something uh, a little different uh book related you've seen a little bit of it and you you liked it yes um, if you if you want to see if you want to see what, like what I'm kind of working on, check out the YouTube channel Tail Foundry. Uh, guy's pretty cool. I'm working with him a lot. Uh, definitely big shout out to him. Um, but yeah, we'll see you guys in the next episode. By the way, what the fuck do we call this podcast? Before we we what a feast for hoes or a feast for bros? I I really want to do Brotherhood without manners, but fucking taken. But we'll 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 what, come up with something. We'll come up with something. We'll, we'll have to come up with something because God fucking damn it. Watch um, watchers on your balls. Watchers. <laughs> I feel like these are the like worst names. Would... the worst names. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Lavi would have a problem with that. But uh, a feast for bros podcast. <laughs> what do you think? We'll see. We'll see. We'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. All right. Uh, thanks everybody for watching. We'll see you next time. Have a good one.